Welcome to the Joyful Attorney Podcast, where licensed attorney and certified life coach, Laura Kelly, teaches you how to bring joy, harmony, and balance to your practice and your life. Hello, colleagues, whenever or wherever you are. Welcome to the Joyful Attorney Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Kelly. Today's topic is about high conflict, something with which us attorneys are experts I have often wondered whether I have a high-conflict personality because of my career or whether I chose my career because of my high-conflict personality. The truth is probably a little of column A and column B. Now, I didn't always recognize that I had a high-conflict personality. I felt quite righteous about all of my conflicts. I was very clearly right and just, well, the other side was just wrong. But as I've gained greater emotional maturity, I recognize that my black or white thinking does not serve me. It doesn't serve anyone. The world is not black or white. It's all nuanced, shades of gray, if you will. There came a point in my life when I asked myself, why do I seem to be a sponge for conflict and drama? I felt like I was surrounded by it. I had to recognize that the consequences of being an outspoken, opinionated person was conflict. I even found myself being pulled over by a local police officer for having the top portion of my license plate partially obstructed by the license plate frame that came from the dealer. What would have inspired a local police officer to pull me over on a Tuesday morning on a residential street? I wasn't speeding. Could it have possibly been my 10 or so antagonistic political stickers on my car? Before I go further, I want to say that conflict is not a bad thing. In fact, conflict is normal and a necessary part of the human condition. Conflict allows us to shape our lives and our worlds. Human beings have different experiences, perspectives, and values that will necessarily conflict with others. Our adversarial justice system is based on conflict, for better or worse. However, high conflict is another story. High conflict gets us stuck. It prevents us from finding solutions. It requires black or white thinking. It takes a tremendous toll on our health. High conflict is not pleasant. Just as I started having my own personal awakening about high conflict, and you can see episode 11 for more on that, I started reading the book High Conflict, Why We Get Trapped and How We Get Out by Amanda Ripley. She's an author and journalist for The Atlantic, Washington Post, and others. She expertly weaves the lessons about high conflict through personal stories of those who are mired in seemingly insurmountable conflict, only to find their way through. She takes us from a local election in Muir Beach, California, to the gang territory of Chicago, Illinois, all the way to the jungles of Columbia and more. Despite the numerous characters in these stories, Ms. Ripley keeps things organized and engaging. Her research is thorough, and more importantly, she maintains objectivity. Who knew that a book of nonfiction could be such a page-turner? More than anything else, I found myself resonating with each story. Because of Ms. Ripley's expert craftsmanship, I was really able to see things from numerous perspectives without holding firm to a specific position. And ultimately, this is the beauty of stepping out of high conflict and into good conflict, or funflict, as I might try to call it. The book starts with a quote by Rumi. Out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing, there is a field. I'll meet you there. First, 
Imagine a world where we could hold space for a diversity of opinions and seek solutions that do the most good for the most people. Let's imagine a legal system that was solutions-based rather than winner-take-all. She writes, adversarialism depends on total, complete, and permanent separation. In the real world, no such thing exists most of the time. I know it's perhaps a pipe dream. Nevertheless, pulling ourselves out of high conflict, at least in our interpersonal lives, is a great first step to having a peaceful, balanced, harmonious life. That's what we all want, no? As Maya Angelou said, hate, it has caused a lot of problems in the world, but it hasn't solved one yet. And for something a little more lowbrow, but a similar message, Limp Biscuit from Take a Look Around. Now I know why you want to hate me, because hate is all the world has seen lately. I highly recommend you read Ms. Ripley's book. I promise you, you will enjoy it and take away transformative lessons to apply in your own life. And if you don't enjoy it or disagree with it, I would love to have you on the podcast to discuss, seriously. So I'm going to leave you with some takeaways from the book to hold you over until you read it for yourself. Ms. Ripley provides a handy guide about how to recognize high conflict in the world. She suggests that we listen to the language used around conflict. Do people use sweeping, grandiose, or violent language to describe this conflict? Are rumors, myths, or conspiracy theories present? And she gives us actions to look out for. Do other people withdraw from the conflict, leading to the appearance of two binary extremes? Does the conflict seem to have its own momentum? Additionally, Ms. Ripley juxtaposes some characteristics to recognize good conflict versus high conflict. Humility versus certainty. Fluidity versus rigidity. Complexity versus simplicity. Novelty versus predictability. Passion versus righteousness. Curiosity versus assumption. Questions versus advocacy. Violence unlikely versus violence more likely. Now, how can you recognize whether you are in a high conflict situation? Ms. Ripley provides some questions to honestly ask yourself when you find yourself in conflict. Do you lose sleep thinking about this conflict? Do you feel good when something bad happens to the other person or side even if it doesn't directly benefit you. If the other side were to do something you actually agreed with, some small act, would it feel very uncomfortable to acknowledge this out loud? Does it feel like the other side is brainwashed, like a cult member, beyond the reach of moral reasoning? Do you ever feel stuck, like your brain keeps spinning, ruminating over the same grievances over and over again, without ever uncovering any new insights. When you talk about the conflict with people who agree with you, do you say the same things over and over and leave the conversation feeling slightly worse than when you started talking? Has someone who knows you very well told you that they don't recognize you anymore? Do you ever find yourself defending your own side by pointing out that the other side does the same thing or worse? 
do you see different people on the other side as essentially interchangeable? If your conflict is with just one other person, is it hard to conjure a visual of that person as a small child they once were, even if you try? Do you use words like always, good, bad, us, and them, or war when you speak about the conflict? Do you find it hard to remember the last time you felt genuine curiosity about the other side's thoughts, intentions, or actions? If you answered yes to five or more of these questions, you may be in high conflict. And even if you aren't in high conflict, there are steps you can take to prevent high conflict. Investigate the understory. What's the conflict really about? It's not about the pasta. Conflicts are very rarely about what the actual fight is about. There is always a deeper meaning or an understory. Reduce the binary. Try not to form unnecessary groups. If groups are necessary, have more than two. When it's us against them, conflict becomes part of our identity. It's not a healthy place to be. Marginalize those around you who delight in conflict. Ms. Ripley calls these people fire starters or conflict entrepreneurs. These are the people who delight in and or profit from conflict. They galvanize and perpetuate conflict for their own ends. Removing the influence of these people from your life will immediately turn down the volume on conflict. Buy time and make space. Go to separate corners until the immediate reactivity has subsided. Use looping and active listening. Looping is a listening technique where you repeat back to the person who's speaking what they're saying in your own words. It allows you to fully understand the speaker and it allows the speaker to feel heard. Remember, we operate on a very narrow perception of reality. It's always best to check in and make sure you are understanding what the other person is really saying. Another technique for active listening is to actually listen. So many times, rather than listening, we're already crafting our responses. Let yourself truly listen and then respond. Finally, complicate the narrative. Be suspicious of simple stories. Get curious about the nuances. Finally, if you seek to understand conflict, these are some questions that Ms. Ripley uses in her work as a journalist to understand a conflict from the outside. These are things you can ask people in conflict. What is simplified about this conflict? What do you want to understand about the other side? What do you want the other side to understand about you? What would it feel like if you woke up and this problem was solved? What's the question nobody's asking? What do you want to know about this controversy that you don't already know? Where do you feel torn? And finally, tell me more. Therapists like to say, say more about that. There's always more to say. Well, I hope you found this helpful. As always, I'd love to hear your comments, tips, and questions. You can email me at laura at thejoyfulattorney.com. Also, a reminder that my burnout course starts September 2nd, 2021. You can sign up at 
www.thejoyfulattorney.com under upcoming courses or my Facebook or Instagram page by searching The Joyful Attorney. The early bird price of this course is $247 and it's been approved for 10.5 hours of CLE in Florida. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time. Learn more about how you can work with Laura Kelly by going to thejoyfulattorney.com. Thank you for listening.